0: One of the quickest and easiest ways to support our show is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sharing with other users why you love this show and reasons to tune in is a simple kindness that will forever go appreciated by team pop culture. makes me jealous. I'm going to be honest. Writing a review is the strongest move because when you write a review, it helps that pesky algorithm tell Apple this show is loved. Like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for all your support, friend. Hey, friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington. And on today's show, I'm joined by Gabrielle Critchlow, and we are talking about the Gilmore Girls. This isn't the first time we're covering Gilmore Girls. In season one, we talked about the relationships. In season three, we discussed being in high school. And this season, we're taking a look at the wealth of the Gilmore women. But before we dive in, let me introduce you to my guest. Gabrielle is the esteemed captain of a step ahead tutoring services. She received her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from St. John's university in 2015. While she attended the university, she worked for two supplemental education services, companies that partnered with New York city schools because they partnered with the school. She was able to provide between 20 and 26 free hours of tutoring students every year. While she was working at both these companies, she saw the academic struggles of low-income and middle-income families that were disproportionately African-American, Hispanic, and South Asian. She believed that the allotment of hours was definitely not enough for them. Furthermore, Gabrielle believed that these students tended to be misdiagnosed with learning disabilities, almost illiterate, and undereducated. She reached a point when she realized that these students delivered more than the limited services these companies offered them. It was at this moment, the light bulb went off in her head and she thought, I'll start my own company. Gabrielle's experience in graduate school provided her with the insight she needed to excel at and enjoy tutoring while inspiring other tutors to do the same. Then she founded a step ahead tutoring services in 2013 and has operated it ever since. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Hi, thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. I'm excited you're here and I love your background because I think it's so easy and especially with shows like Gilmore Girls, right? It's so easy to assume that everyone has the same access to education and resources and that's just not true.
1: It's not. It's really not. And especially in, especially with uh, certain ethnicities, right? We tend to associate, um, you know, particularly with minorities and people of color, we tend to associate wealth with white people. And um, it's not always the case, <laughs> right? So, um, and then particularly with my background, when it comes to, i guess my personal experience was when it comes to you know people of color um we tend to be viewed as poor um and and then white people are perceived as wealthier people and that's that is far from the truth (laughs) so um and then it's the unfortunate reality but um but the, the the truth is, it's not always the case. And so, and I think because, you know, people of color tend to be viewed as poor and that's how they get treated and therefore they don't have enough resources and then things get neglected and, and underdiagnosed as well as misdiagnosed. So it's, it's, it's a whole trickle effect, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I, my brother is 45 and I'm, I'm convinced he has an undiagnosed learning disability. And I think it would have made a huge difference for him. Um, had he, I hope he does. I don't think he listens to my show. So we're going to just go ahead and have this conversation. (laughs) Um, and I think it would have made a huge difference because my parents moved us into prominent, predominantly white community. Our neighborhood was predominantly white. Um, I still, I live in the house that I grew up in. And so the neighborhood's gotten a, a lot more diverse, which is mind-blowing to me because when we were kids every freaking neighbor was white um and I think that in the 90s and and even as early as kindergarten you know he was demonstrating you know examples of like he's smart but he's the translation isn't there right like from what he's learning to what he's putting out you know the output Mm -hmm. um and sometimes I wonder um if we hadn't been sent to pr- private religious school, if he had received um, better support, but I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. Cause you know, the eighties was a whole different ball game when it came to just understanding education in general. Mm-hmm. But when I worked in adult education, I noticed a lot of our, especially cause I live in an area that has a, a large um, Latino community. And a lot of our students were um like first gen, you know, and, or, or their kids were diagnosed recently with a learning disability and they came in and they're like, I don't know why I struggle with reading. And this is really hard for me and I can't help, you know, my kids. And it just, it's such a, it's not the root problem for a lot of stuff, but I think like for my, in my brother's example, he was always labeled as being disruptive when really it was like, he probably was having a hard time in class.
1: And, that's just, and then that's the sad reality. So not to, you know, not saying that, you know, but it's, it's, I mean, it's more likely to happen with people of color, but I think it is a, it is a general thing with education. You know, like it's, there are students that they may show disruptive behaviors. Well, sorry, this is audio. Uh, they may show, uh, you know, disruptive behaviors and hyperactivity and lack of attention but it could just be there may be something neurological going on
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know that tends to be ignored or neglected or just unknown right oh, but I, yeah. even more so with people of color but i think uh it's it is a a common problem
0: yeah he was literally the only black boy in class up until probably my parents moved us to public schools. So like for him to be like, like the, he stands out already. Right. And then now, and then, and then you add the whole, like, he's struggling class element. These teachers pro- just didn't probably just didn't want to deal with it. And if the resources that exist now, cause I'm in California. So there's a lot of resources now that didn't exist when we were kids. And so I'm, you know, I can't help, but wonder like if, if he had but i don't know my community's interesting yeah <laughs> still a lot of problems when it comes to oh. racial equity um and now we transition <laughs> yeah right <laughs> on that note <laughs> um so, Gabrielle, our season 4 is all about representation of wealthy women in the media. So, one of the things that I've been asking all of my guests because um, you know, I was always told we don't talk about money, and I'm like, "But what, but what? I feel like that's a part of the problem because then how are we going to get equity if we're not talking about money?" Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the questions I've been asking all of my guests is, "Do you remember what you thought of wealthy women when you were a kid?" Yeah,
1: so kind of Bridging what I said earlier, um, I thought wealthy women were white women, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when it came to movies and TV, when it came to wealth, the depiction of wealth, because I watched a lot of movies. So when it came to wealth, it was usually like women wearing pearls. Mm -hmm. Um, They have white cats. It's the white one, too, right yeah, yeah. Um, not the black ones. The black yeah. cats is usually it it symbolizes danger in movies, but it's the white ones um, so it's white cats is um like the nice carpets and the mansions mm-hmm. and the servants and all the help um um and like the the husband is some kind of business something and wearing a suit and and the women usually had like some kind of furry coat <laughs> on yeah. and they're usually bossing other people around so um it's usually like the the women the men were the ones with the big jobs like they mm-hmm. were the ones that were working and the women were the one who tended to be home with all the servants right so but it's funny because the images that i saw were white people Mm -hmm. right so that kind of you know connecting to what i said earlier about what i know is when it came to wealth it was usually white people and um when it came to like people of color and and wealth they were usually the help Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um they were usually like servants or like pablo's the gardener and (laughs) you know like and um and like uh black people were the carpenters (laughs) and so i think it's my image of wealth and growing up it was racially associated right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so now when i look at when i look at movies and tv it's definitely shifted not a hundred percent not a full 180 but like maybe a 90% shift, right? So um, now, so when I see wealth now and I'm still seeing the pearls, (laughs) but um, it's, so when now when I look at Black women and wealth, it's, I'm still seeing the the pearls are still there. I don't see animals, um, but they have the nice clothes on and they have Mm -hmm. the mansions. And they have the paintings on the wall and it's all Black people. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all Black leaders on the wall. And um, I don't see the... I, I'm i not sure if I see help when it comes to Black wealth. I'm not sure about servants. Yeah. But um, I don't see a lot of servants. And then also with Black wealth it's also associated with like hip-hop. Right. right. And like rappers and um and the the cars there's a lot of cars so black wealth i tend to see um a lot of cars and champagne and crystal and black mm-hmm. liquor and, <laughs> right so when it came to black wealthy women it seems to be what i tend to see is more materialism yeah
0: right
1: and when it came when it comes to like white wealth it's still more more servants and more um more servitude Mm -hmm. which i tend to see in in like movies and tv and stuff and and now i mean there's more portrayal of it now but um um yeah I'm, i'm even trying to think i don't see a lot of well i will say like in terms of like what like Asian wealth or like Indian wealth. I tend to see those and like, like the, like the 16 year old reality shows.
0: Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the
1: spoiled 16 year old girl and they're throwing a party.
0: Yeah, this,
1: Right. So when it comes to Asian wealth and in Indian wealth, I tend to see it. It's uh, for youth, for younger people. Right. when, and when they're acting a fool and partying. So youth and parties, right? So that's mm-hmm. where I tend to see like Asian wealth and Indian wealth. It goes to show that the the perception of wealth, particularly across um the, the ethnicities, is changing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if it's changing for the better, but it is changing. So it is being acknowledged more. It is being put out there more. It is being portrayed more. And, but I, I will say that the the symbolism of wealth is pretty much the same Mm -hmm. across the board. Like there's too much of something, right? There's too much, too, too much servants or too much cars or too much alcohol, or um, there's still this people are still snooty and condescending and rude. And um and there's a wild parties. There's always a wild parties, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a lot of people at parties, right? And it's, it's the same symbols I see across the board um, when it comes to the media and, and wealth. And I will say maybe in the past 10 years when it comes to wealth, is a, there's definitely an age shift. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot more portrayal of young people and wealth, I think, because of of TikTok and and Facebook and social media and video games. Video games is a big one, so there's a lot more depiction of young wealth, mm-hmm. right? And it's still the wild parties, right? And there's always there's the mansions, right? And Um, there's, there's the alcohol, there's the cars. So the, the, the depiction of wealth, um, from when I was a kid to now, the same symbol, the same symbols are still there, Mm -hmm. right? Materialism, servitude, alcohol, parties, it's, it's still there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shifting now to younger ages and it's shifting now across ethnicities. So I will say the depiction of wealth has improved, I would say, in over the past 30 years.
0: Yeah. When I think about like, um, because, you know, they rebooted Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but calling it just Bel-Air. And Mm -hmm. um, when I think about the original series compared to how it's how wealthy the banks family is portrayed now it's so different right because the mm. set was very it was still the outside of the house was still mansion-esque and they had jeffrey but the set was still sort of modest in a way like mm. it wasn't modest for the time but when you think about now that we've had all these like reality shows going into people's mansions mm-hmm. like the newer the new version, you walk into that mansion and you're just like, "Whoa, <laughs> my entire house can fit into your foyer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and they've just sort of, like stepped it up a lot more, um. In, in that regard with the visuals and just the massiveness of the property. They always talked about it on Friday in the original one with Will Smith, they, you know, Oh yeah, I went, I played tennis. We have a pool house, all these things, but in the new one, you actually see it. And it's so just like, this could be a tiny community. <laughs> like your property could house probably 20 houses. <laughs> I mean, good for you also. Dang. <laughs> yeah it the,
1: the 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 real estate keeps seems to be getting bigger and bigger yeah
0: yeah all the different houses that people own like what do you mean you don't have a hampton's house what do you mean you have a hampton's house like <laughs> i'm still trying to buy a house <laughs> like I... and it's oh. and thinking i
1: know it's like we got to get back to gilmore girls but even just thinking about i don't know if you've heard of the show called royal pains yes yeah so it's pretty much um it's a concierge doctor. And I mean, I, I know it's we're talking about women, but in terms of the depiction of wealth, like, you know, it was like the doctor and his brother, they were modest living, modest, but um, uh, the the doctor quit his job and uh, no, I think, yeah, he was going through a divorce, he quit his job and then the brother was like, let's try to help him out. I don't remember how they ended up in the Hamptons, <laughs> but um Somehow they ended up in the Hamptons and he saved a rich guy's life. And then uh, the doctor did. And then all of a sudden people were like, you know, come save all these rich people. And that's how he built his business. But even that depiction there was like, I remember one episode where it was a teenager. And I think something was happening. Oh, I think, no, he like he crashed a car. And he got injured. And then uh, Hank was a doctor. He, like, he, after he uh, he fixed the boy, um, well, fixed him, but after he healed him, right, um, uh, The Hank was talking to the boy and was like, what are you going to do with the car? And I'm trying to remember what he said. But he was like, I'm going to replace it. And Hank was like, Oh, you're gonna get it fixed. He's like, No, I'm just gonna buy a new one. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so it's like um just the depiction of wealth there. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, again, it was mostly white people, right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of um minority wealth in that show. Um, and then just the fact that you can get a concierge doctor yeah. that itself is the symbolism of wealth, right? And people tended the the residents there they fixed their problems by just buying a new thing right or replacing yep. it right and then there was still the wild parties and it was still the alcohol um but even just the idea of i can just call a doctor at 24 mm-hmm. 7 mm-hmm. and the doctor will come to me in person and even just like the fact that he was able to establish such a business so quickly. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's like, it's like TV magic, but um, <laughs> it, it's still like, he wouldn't have been able to do something like that if he stayed in the city. right? Even, Cause he came from New York. Right. And then he ended up in the Hamptons, which is in Long Island. So it shows like, you wouldn't be able to do all that in New York city. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you had to go to the outskirts of, the end of long island to do that so then that shows the difference between new york city and long island right mm-hmm. and um or it shows the difference between city life and suburban life right No, so it's like you you had to leave the city to accomplish all this so when it comes to what i know about wealth in terms of movies and tv is a lot of and again, I do see racial disparities. Mm -hmm. Um, it's how freely people give away millions of dollars Mm -hmm. worth of of real estate or property, or here's a $10,000 car. Like, I don't want it. I mean, here's a mansion. I don't want it. Like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, um, it's, how easy it is to give away so much money Mm -hmm. and property and real estate, but for someone with a modest living, lower income, you can't, they are in no position to give away. Right. A lot of money.
0: Do you love to read pop culture makes me jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via zoom The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. Are you subscribed to our YouTube channel? It's the only way to be sure you never miss our live shows like Still Comfy or the awards coverage I do with Movies with Mr. Mario. We're on YouTube as Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. Subscribe today. So according to several internet resources, including Screen Rant and a few Reddit threads, Richard and Emily Gilmore's net worth is roughly $50 million. It is unclear if this is based on 2020 numbers or if the article is going off of when when the show was at its peak. So with that said, the wealth and power that the Gilmores had provided Lorelai with a level of comfort. Even after she removed herself from her parents' home, she remained a financial beneficiary in many ways. In 2021, Screen Rant ran a listicle titled Gilmore Girls, 10 Times Lorelai and Rory Were Saved by Money and Privilege, which outlines the most notable times in Gilmore Girls that Lorelai and Rory were helped out by someone in their life. So the show's tone, as we all know, is set when Lorelai needs assistance with Rory's tuition so she can attend Chilton. Lorelai works really hard to prove she is so different from her parents. She's painted as a struggling single mother, and for the most part, she is, but she has a safety net. She's cut off from the family by choice. So I want to talk a little bit about Lorelai's access to wealth, even though she intentionally removed herself from the family how differently do you think Lorelei and Rory's lives would have been if they had come from a different family? And meaning somebody like, you know, let's, we could use the example of like the Kims, Lane's family, or not the Gilmores. <laughs> well, yeah, I just want to make another just before I answer that, I just
1: want to make another point about, about Reese. Um yeah. Like even if um, in Gilmore Girls, when I think because... And there weren't a lot of minorities in Gilmore Girls either, mm-hmm. which is another which is another interesting thing. Rory's best friend Lane was Asian, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a the way like when Lane met Emily. I think Emily just looked at her as like, "Oh, you're." you're another poor person. Like, who are you? And (laughs) referred
0: to her, constantly referred to her as your Asian friend. Like, didn't even bother (laughs) to learn her name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's another, you know, interesting observation when it came to to wealth is when it came to, again, wealthy people are usually associated with white people. So, and then seeing how she interacted with, with Lane was just like, you don't have a name right so it's you're not white and therefore you don't have a name Mm -hmm. so it's you see the interaction between the way wealthier white people treated non-white people Mm -hmm. in Gilmore Girls it is very um it's very interesting but yes so there wouldn't have been a show yeah that's what I was (laughs) thinking there would not have been a show The whole show is about Lorelai going to her parents, asking for money so that Rory can go to this wealthy high school. And the whole show is about Rory going to this wealthy high school. And because she went to this wealthy high school, she went to Yale and because she went to Yale, she worked in a newspaper. So the whole show is about wealth. (laughs) Right. So if, lorelei did not have access to that wealth. rory would have stayed in stars hollow high school and that's it
0: <laughs> like yeah. there, there, there would be no show because right? it's like, we don't even see her we don't even see lorelei even try to see if they qualify for a scholarship or if there's some sort of like funding program it's straight well i can ask mommy and daddy for money because mommy and daddy have money which to me you know the show first aired when I was in high school. And then when I became a single mom, it turned into the whole, like, what is this delusional world? I want to be in it because, because just how often she was able to be like mom and dad, and sure there's emotional abuse that comes with the money. There's strings, there's all these things, but that is another trope that we learn happens with, you know, people of wealth and, Just how Lorelai works so hard to be like, I'm not like my parents, but it's like, no, but Lorelai, you kind of are, because you are still able to do things and navigate in ways that other single mothers have absolutely no access to whatsoever.
1: And then academics ties into it, right? Because Rory wanted to go to Harvard. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I want to point out. They were set on an Ivy League school. So that is another observation of wealth and privilege. Oh, she could have went to any four-year school, right? Mm -hmm. I know they're in Connecticut. They could have went to UConn. They could have went to some other school, but no. The direction they chose was an Ivy League school. The direction they chose was Harvard. Straight up Harvard. First episode, I want my daughter going to Harvard and and even rory was like i want to go to harvard right and the way to get there the understanding there was rory is not going to go to harvard if she stays in stars hollow high school mm-hmm. she has to go to a wealthy prep school to get a ticket to harvard and then when she completed the high school she completely pivoted and went to Yale which is where her grandparents went to so now that I kind of think about it she probably was like I want my kid going to Harvard but I'm anti-parent so I'm gonna choose a completely different Ivy League school but somehow she ends up going to Yale which is where her grandparents went to so she still kind of follows in her parents footsteps but all that to say that when it comes to wealth and privilege going to an Ivy League school right and the way to get to Ivy League was not through Stars Hollow right a regular high school Mm -hmm. she had to go to a wealthy prep school in order to get there so the depiction of I need to go I need to send my daughter to a school that my parents have to pay for right and that has more access to resources, more access to fancy classes, more activities, more connections with other wealthier families in order to go to an Ivy League school. So that says something about schooling. That says something about Ivy League. That says something about wealth and privilege and power will get me to where I want to go and with Lorelai like as much as she hated her parents and she tried to get away she tried to get away right but somehow when it came to her daughter and it's like but I want my kid going to an Ivy League school so now I have to humble myself and go back to the thing that I hate which is my parents because I want better for my daughter right mm-hmm. so and the and like you said like it wasn't about she didn't look for any scholarships <laughs> she didn't look for any payment plans right and in the neighborhood she lived in stars hollow everybody knew each other mm-hmm. which is interesting so she didn't ask for like a, a um, like a fundraiser help you know i want my daughter going to, to harvard right let's let's do a fundraiser to pay for it right Nothing like that. She chose the way that she knew. Yeah. Which is going back to her parents. And and that kind of shows that you had that access. Mm-hmm. As much as you hated it, you had that access and you had that privilege and you tapped into that. Yeah. Like you, you know, you you look, you could have looked for a scholarship, right? Like you mm-hmm. said, like you could have gotten on a payment plan. Maybe, maybe not Harvard, maybe
0: Go to go to community college first, then transfer to Harvard. <laughs> All right, right. Because right. <laughs> so... I can't I can't imagine that when she when they applied for Chilton, you know, there wasn't some sort of box that said something to the effect of like, you know, I I don't know. How do you avoid a conversation about tuition when you're applying for a school? That's that's the part that I kind of get stuck on now too. Because like when my son applied for college last two whatever, whenever it was, his senior year, <laughs> he's a freshman, he's, he's a freshman in college now, but his senior year, there was like, you know, we, when we go went through the application process, there was points of like, have you applied for your FAFSA yet? Like, have you done these things yet? And, and so I, I, I mean, I went to a private religious school, but I've never <laughs> sent my child to a private school. But when I sent him to a charter school, there was still like a self-identifying question of like, Hey, can you contribute in these ways? And which is a polite way of asking hey, Haiti of money, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, how did you not know to ask for the, I guess she wouldn't know because of the way that she was raised, right? Like she left the comfort of that world, but yet she still brought a lot of that ideology with her in terms of like education and the path and career path.
1: Right. And then she she and her friend Suki. Sookie- they I think they worked at a hotel a local hotel Mm -hmm. and then they decided to go into business and own their own hotel and I mean yeah Laura like kind of finagled the system of the the local city that she was in to make it happen but even I just I remember like there was conversation about insurance Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and she she went to her father, who was an insurance agent, Mm -hmm. right? And the fact that she was able to go to her father for help with insurance, as opposed to just finding any kind of insurance agent was, you know, and the father, uh, you know, made it easier for her. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: she, well, I mean, just from the first episode, you could tell that she didn't completely avoid her parents. They were just, she just kept seeing them on like holidays and stuff. Um, but it was because of, I wanna see you once a week at Friday night dinners. If you want this money, I wanna see you every week and I wanna know what's going on with your life. Mm-hmm. And it is emotional abuse. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just, she was like, she was trying to get away, she didn't completely go away right. from it, right? yeah she ran away when she was 16 and she moved to she went to stars hollow there's a lot of gaps and -hmm. i understand it's tv magic but but it's i was like okay so how did she end up in stars hollow did she like did she how did she even get but it's still just like how did she get to this other town and um and where did she live (laughs) like and then that's another thing too like when you first see lorelei there she's you know Rory's already 16 right and like the first episode and they're in a big house yeah right so and they and they own the whole house and we don't ask like wait how you ran away when you were 16 you ran away to a completely different city how did you even get there who did you stay with where did you live you know how did you end up in this big house how did you pay for this house (laughs) like and it's the fact that um how did a single woman a single parent a single mom how did you end up in this really big house yeah and I mean yeah she worked for hotels but but it wasn't a conversation about how much money did she make and and I understand this was in the 90s right so real estate was a lot cheaper but um But the fact that she grew up in a house, right? Mm -hmm. Not an apartment building, right? right? It was a house. (laughs) So even little things like that, it just shows um, that she still had access to resources Mm -hmm. that she wouldn't have gotten any other way.
0: Yeah. I want to kind of go back to your point about like the path of Harvard and having to Mm -hmm. go to a private prep school and what have you. Yeah. when I was watching, I haven't watched the most recent seasons of queen sugar. Cause they started talking about COVID and I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> but <laughs> in the earlier seasons, they do her son, Micah does say, cause she, he, she sends him to a prep school and he's like, I don't want to go to a prep school anymore. Like I would like to, you know, go to the, you know, the neighborhood school or whatever it's called. And you know, the mom was like, absolutely not. This is not why we worked really hard. This is so we could send you here. So you could go to this college and all these things. And the son was just very much like, but they only have so many spots at that university for kids that go to, to this school that I attend. I have a better chance of getting into Ivy league. If I go to that, you know, um, neighborhood school, because it's, you know, whatever his logic was. And she ended up agreeing and la- and allowing him to go to that school but it's just such an interesting contrast into what we see um and you know queen sugar is on a cable network channel right gilmore girls was on a um one of the big networks if you will like you didn't have to have cable to watch it and mm-hmm. And but just the contrast between the two experiences, even in that, is interesting to me because Laurel, I was very much like, we have to do prep school so that way you can go to Harvard. Like that's the point. That's what you do, that's how you do it. And Rory was like, Yes, mom, that's how we do it. And then in, <laughs> you know, in this example of Queen Sugar, it's like the kids like, that's not how we do it anymore, mom. Like, this is how it can get done now. Um, and it's just so interesting because for Charlie that's not the world that she kind of grew up in. I mean, it, maybe she did. I don't know. Cause they also made her mom white on the show where her mom's not, I, I didn't read her mom as white in the book. Um, but be mistaken, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it just even still just adding that layer of like, this is how white people do it. <laughs> and Charlie's like, this is how white people do it. So we're going to do it this way. And her son's like, we don't have to do it that way. Like there's other ways to do it. Um, both, but both are extremely wealthy families now. Right. Cause Charlie and her husband are extremely wealthy, um, from his basketball career. But even still, it was like, why would you assume that because she went to stars hollow high, she doesn't have a chance to get into Harvard. Like to me, that's the, but then also two people in my area, I think we've had like not very many people go off to Ivy leagues from where I live. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, maybe that's my answer right there. (laughs) <laughs> but that's right. the path that Lorelai was on. Her parents were yeah. like you're you're gonna go to prep school, you're gonna go to Smith or Sarah Lawrence and then you're gonna marry a, a wealth a man of proper bloodlines to get married to and that's what you do. <laughs> right. And even I remember there was an episode
1: of Gilmore Girls where I think Rory was like angry at her mom and so she Stayed at um, she stayed with her grandparents, right? And, I, okay, so Rory was dating Dean at the time, mm-hmm. and the the grandparents didn't like that because you know he was, he wasn't one of the rich people, right? Uh, he wasn't yeah. wasn't the the wealthy people, right? So
0: they threw up like a I, I don't know if it was a party. Yes, yeah, the party Not with a, all of the men. <laughs> (laughs) oh yeah from quote (laughs) proper families proper family it was like it was a like a party of like all
1: like rich boys rich white boys yeah and and rory was like are there any girls here and then the and the grandparents laughed like the whole point was for rory to pick someone (laughs) uh pick one of the people from the bloodlines from the from the wealthier uh wealthier connections yeah right so it was like a a a dating party yeah party
0: yeah (laughs) yeah I that episode is so funny because there's a a scene in that episode where somebody says something like oh the Campbells are here and then Emily Gilmore is like oh Rory Campbell like the soup let's go and then like drags her off and I was (laughs) like I mean okay Let's <laughs> just to say that he's getting the campbell Soup wealth. Calm down. <laughs> Um, But that's a really good segue into Lorelai. So Lorelai's relationship with money is not unlike some single mothers, but another component of her life that isn't on this screen rent list is her time living at the Independence Inn until she buys her home with Rory when Rory's much older. So like we talked about a little bit ago, we can assume, or at least I assume that because she was living at the Independence Inn where she worked, she's living rent free and possibly receiving free meals or at a discount which allows her to save the bulk of her income so I want to talk about a little how even though Lorelai removed herself from her wealthy family she still manages to find a position though cleaning houses or um, hotel rooms is deemed lowly from her parents it still allows her to establish purchasing power and like her own version of like wealth because her house you know in one of the listicles are like we valued all of the stars hollow houses and Lorelei's house is worth $450,000 I'm just like what I guess my
1: thing with that is all right so I didn't know she actually stayed at you know stayed at the inn until then but I was just like how did she get to all these places but it's like but then it's still like, how did you even end up at the end? But did, did you walk? But anyway, yeah, all I yeah, to right. say was, um, I mean, what I was saying earlier about like the show starts with Rory at 16 and they're in this big house, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you kind of have to watch, you kind of have to piece together her past, right? So there's no talk about like, did Lorelai have a trust right right or yeah because I remember um well I think Lorelai did because her Lorelai's great-grandmother I think left her some money or left her a trust
0: yeah Rory's um great-grandmother had a trust that had like 250,000 dollars in it for her and then Lorelai and then Richard had purchased some property in when Lorelei was born. And then they sold the property and he gave her like tens of thousands of dollars from that property at some point.
1: Right. So Lorelei's the I'm not I don't remember if there's a lot of talk about Lorelai having access to that trust money because it wasn't like, okay, so Lorelai may have had to to hustle, right, and save her coins and stuff, but Um, but at some point, like, she had to, were they just eating hotel food all the time? Like, at some point, she had to get, I mean, she, all the schools were kind of close to each other, because it was a small town, but, um, but, like, it wasn't enough talk about the hustle, Mm -hmm. um, that Lorelai had to do, like, did they have to wear the same clothes every day? Did they have to... Was it just hotel food they ate all the time? You know, did, did she have, what is, what happened when Rory was at school? Mm-hmm. Right. So, or when, no, when Lorelai was at work, did someone have to babysit Rory? Like how did she get babysitters or was it just her friends or was it, you know, and it wasn't enough talk about the hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was a there was a lot of unanswered questions I think so how did you come to buying your own house? I mean, granted it was the '90s and you know real estate was cheaper and she she could have saved her money it was possible, but then I think her great grandmother, like I said, she had access to that money and then Rory had access to that money as well. So did they ever tap into that money? Right. So it was. It wasn't a it. It wasn't enough talk about, you know, how did she even come to buy that house, you know? Right. And, um, and because it it just kind of jumped to Rory being a teenager, and I guess the symbolism there was, you know, Lorelai was sixteen when she had Rory, so now the the series premiere is now Rory is 16 right so is she going to follow the same path that her mother did right so I'm just like how did a 16 year old with a baby even find a job
0: yeah <laughs> right
1: mm-hmm. and how did this how does a 16 year old with a baby how did she raise her baby
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's, it's a lot of unanswered questions I think and yeah. Gilmore Girls in terms of how did you accumulate the money to even buy the house? Yeah. right. You're, you know, and you're a teen mom, you know, and it's like, how did, how did you end up in this place? And yeah, you worked at a hotel and stuff, but you know, you had a baby.
0: And I can't imagine someone at a bank is going to be like, sure, we'll give a 25 year old. Cause I think they, Mm -hmm. I think the online theory is that, um, uh I bought the house and Rory was 11 so that makes her 27 so like I can't Mm -hmm. imagine if she's still in some sort of like mid-level at the end a bank's gonna Mm -hmm. be like just in my own experience with trying to access loans in and having quote good jobs I can't imagine a bank's gonna be like sure you don't need a co Here's the money, right? Like I feel like <laughs> someone, someone would have had to co-sign that loan for you, Lorelai. Like there's no mm-hmm. way a bank bank of America is going to look at, well, I don't know. Bank of America is kind of shady, but like capital <laughs> one or chase isn't going to look at you and be like, sure, we'll give you money or Washington mutual. That's what it was back then. Like Washington mutual is <laughs> not going to be like, here's, you know, $250,000 buy a house. They're going to be like, no, you need a co because you have no credit and we don't know you and you are a maid, right? Like that's the way I see it going in my head based on my own experience.
1: Right. So it's definitely a lot of gaps in terms of how did you come to even get that house? Mm-hmm. So like it would be, I, it would be more believable to me if she were in an apartment building. Yeah. And even if she still had access to her parents, right? Because she's trying to be so anti-parent. Right? Well, anti-Emily, anti-Richard. It's still, I would have believed it more if she were in an apartment building, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you are in a big house, and yeah, it's like, okay, well, Laura had to work to get her money, right? It wasn't like Emily and Richard, who uh, you know, had millions of dollars, you know, Laura had to work to get her money. Well, what did she do? And it wasn't enough discussion about. What did she do to get there?
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. And then mm-hmm. later on in the seasons, it becomes a little bit easier and easier for them to take gifts from Richard and Emily. Like at one point, I think it's a high, Rory's high school graduation, they bought her a car, you know, just outright here's a car, no car payment kind of you know and it's like yeah. okay I've never owned a car without a car payment I don't know how that goes. Mm. I mean after I mean I have a, I don't have a car payment now because I paid off my car but I've had my car for almost 10 years <laughs> um but I had a car note for six years so there's that um and then there's like another point too where like when Rory has a falling out with Paris when they're at college and she can move in with Logan. And so, you know, she's not living in dorm housing or even just having college paid for like her grandparents pay for college. And, and then when they have a falling out with her grandparents, her dad pays for college, you know, she's not scrambling, trying to figure out how to pay for an Ivy league education because she's got resources to tap into. And and multiple because her dad's wealthy too. So if grandma and grandpa can't pull through, then she can just ask daddy for money. Um, so there's a lot of like safety nets that they have. So they don't have to really have the emotional struggle of or, or pain of like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for X on this date when I don't get paid until this date. Like that is very clearly removed <clears throat> from their lives.
1: Well, from Rory's life. Right? So I remember there was an episode where I think Lorelai was struggling financially. Like, I think, like, um, like Rory came home at some point and noticed that the lights were dimmer. Mm-hmm. And so she asked her mom, like, I noticed the lights are dimmer. And Lorelai was trying to blow it off. Like, no, like, everything's okay. And Rory was like, are you having money problems? And Lorelai was like, no, no, it's fine, you know? But trying to hide the fact that she was having money problems right so
0: yeah.
1: it you still see the struggle of uh you know trying to 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 even pay to fix the things in the house mm-hmm. right even just changing light bulbs and um the fact that she had to use um dimmer lights you know as opposed to the brighter light bulb. so you you still see elements of financial struggle but I think at some point it kind of just goes away. Yeah. Maybe in like a couple episodes later. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's interesting to me because I was definitely like obsessed with the show when it was airing the first time because Rory and I were roughly the same age and I was like, oh my God, I love to read books. Oh my God. My best friend's also into punk rock music and so am I and like all these things. Um, <laughs> And then now that I've gone through the whole like raising a child having to navigate the education system and then now having to navigate the college system it's just like Gilmore Girls you lied <laughs> <laughs> This shit is hard <laughs> thanks
1: yeah yeah it's like how did how did how did they make you know <laughs> how how did how did a 16 year old raise a baby you know without the wealth of her parents and all of a sudden she's I mean Working at a hotel, and all of a sudden she buys her own hotel. And <laughs> I'm like, where was the baby this whole time? Like,
0: right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Gosh, because and I think it shows too that when you have sort of when you are raised in sort of an environment where things just are kind of like you're already on third base, right? But mm-hmm. I think it's the phrase that is used a lot. It's just that you get to navigate differently and it's just it's interesting in the first listicle by screen rant it's mentioned that the huntsburgers are uber wealthy with billions of dollars in net worth so this reminded me of the scene when logan's mom and emily gilmore get into it about logan and rory dating mrs huntsburg says well frankly emily there's your money and then there's our money so even though these two families are amongst the wealthiest, this comment highlights that there's still a hierarchy within the wealthiest class, which is mind blowing to me because y'all have more money than I do. Like y'all could pay off our student loans and we'd be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> help me. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's no secret that I've spent hundreds of hours watching Gilmore Girls, but the older I get and the more I work towards financial freedom, the more I can't help but wonder what the show would have been like if Lorelai's parents were toxic in a completely different way, if they, in return, cut off Rory once Lorelai left them behind. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell our friends at home where they can find you and keep up with you and support your work? Absolutely.
1: So... My tutoring company is a step-ahead tutoring services. You, uh, we offer one-on-one tutoring, test prep, college counseling, editing and proofreading, and a variety of workshops. So if you're looking for a tutor for your child uh, or even for yourself, you know, your child is struggling, um, um, learning disabilities, any kind of academic assistance, homework help, reach out to my team and I reach out to us. You could go to our website, www.astepaheadtutoringservices.com. You could also email us, success at a services.com. We are also on a variety of social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Eventbrite, and WhatsApp. So just type in A Step Ahead Tutoring Services, just search for us, and we will pop up. We also have a podcast that, uh, that I like to call Hot Topics. So there's a lot of Hot Topics out there. So just look for the logo with the pencil and the gray and white tip. Um, so check out, check out our podcast. It is called Hot Topics. Even just type in the name A Step Ahead Tutoring Services, and the podcast will just pop up. So it is on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So check it out on your favorite platform. Uh, it is The video episodes are on our YouTube channel as well, if you want to watch it on YouTube. But check out our website. If you're looking for a tutor, if your child needs academic help, they're struggling, they're falling behind, they're failing, they're behind on a few grades, reach out to us. Let our tutors help. Go to our website again, www.astepaheadtutoringservices.com. tutoring services.com, and also listen to our podcast, Hot Topics. Check it out on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I know taking time out, especially when there's a time difference, <laughs> um, is can, you know, it's a it's a lot. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's, this was fun. This is definitely a lot of fun. And you got me thinking about things I never even thought about. So thank you for that. This was awesome.
0: I'm glad you were here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Gabrielle. The never ending depths of Gilmore Girls has always been explored on this show. If you love our show and want more, then join our Patreon. We do fun things like happy hour to discuss current pop culture, gossip. We have a book club that meets once a month, plus bonus episodes you won't want to miss. Thanks for tuning in y'all.